Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome into a training camp live edition of the J.P. Peterson Show here on this Wednesday. The Bucks are out there at practice uh, about 200 yards from where I'm sitting right now as we sit here in the Advent Health uh, Training Center. Just got done watching about an hour and 20 minutes of practice this morning and much to report to you guys, so we got that coming up for you. Uh, we've got college football, a, uh, ACC Media Days going on. We'll have some uh, thoughts from Florida State and uh, an absolutely ridiculous thought from Mario Cristobal from Miami. Uh, we got Rays, a Rays win to talk about. Very exciting as they'll get started here in the afternoon uh, for an afternoon game with the Marlins in game two of that series. They get the big win last night, but may have lost Yandy Diaz for a while. Uh, their catalyst, the only consistent offensive player they've had in the past two to three weeks. That could be trouble, but they did get a win. Uh, and Alex Golish also had a little zinger at the AAC Media Day. So all that stuff and more coming up here on the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com, and Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com, in our first hour. Good morning to you, Nick Geddes from On3 Sports, back in our beautiful RHS-TV studios in St. Petersburg. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. All is right with the world here on a Wednesday. I'm scrolling through Twitter as I got into the studio this morning, and I'm seeing clips of Buccaneers practice. You're at Buccaneers practice. Yes. All is right in the world. It's football season. We're almost, we are almost there. We are inching. The six weeks of hell that we just had to endure with no football <laughs> to talk about whatsoever. We have finally made it, my friend, and I'm so excited. Uh, and a big thanks to the Bucks for providing this uh, the interview room for us here today. We'll uh, hopefully be able to hunker down here each and every day. Either way, I'll be out here at practice, and uh, we'll be reporting back to you. Um, and you know what? You're absolutely It's so good to be out here. You know, since, what, 1997, my first year covering the Buccaneers for Channel 44 out at University of Tampa, which was, I mean, it seems like eons ago when these guys were stuffed in these little dorm rooms, if you can believe it or not, over at University of Tampa. And I'd go out, I'd, I remember going out and doing stories on, you know, offensive tackles whose feet fell about this far over the bed. You know, they were like six foot beds, dorm beds for college kids. Um, they'd eat in the cafeteria over there right by the water and they'd be out there at Pepin Root Stadium. And then they went to Disney for a while, which was sweet. Disney was a great setup. We, they had us at the Celebration Hotel. Uh, guys were loving it. That was that was a fantastic setup over there. And then they built this building and came over here, um, where they've had training camp ever since. No 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 fans today. No fans the first three days of practice. Um, so which is nice. That, that's and the first covering. That whole it sucks thing, though, for the fans. It does, yeah. but I was going to point out, I think there's like 10 days that are open for fans, and I'm still just, yeah. why are we still doing this thing where I think nine of the practices are exclusively for season ticket members, and we only got Listen, one for the public? I, you know me, I'm a man of the people. I'm a man of the people, right. and they did open it up this year. Last year was exclusively for crew members. This year they've opened it up for for uh, other folks. And listen, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to bitch about this because, you, you know, to buy an upper deck ticket to be part of a season ticket uh, is less than a thousand dollars. At least it, it, I'm not sure if it's still there, but it's pretty close to that. You want to be a fan of a team and you can't spend a thousand dollars. That's for two tickets, I, I believe. 
At least that's what it was. Um, you know, membership has its privileges, and they're serving their fans, the people that choose to invest in the team. Um, it's, if it was, you know, if it was fifty thousand dollars, and that was the only way you get in, or twenty-five thousand, or ten, or even five, I'd have a problem with it. But you know, if you want to be a part of the team, you want to be, a, and this is what they do to reward their fans that want to be part of the crew. So I'm not, I'm not going to beat the bucks up for that. I, I think that's a fair price. I mean, hey, I spent, I spent more than half of the thousand that you mentioned yesterday right. on concert tickets. So exactly, maybe, exactly. I, maybe I'm part of the problem there. Which, so by the, what which, are, you, what which, are your priorities? You know, if you want to make the bucks a priority, they are here to make you a priority. Well, I, I hate, think that's okay. I hate to break it to the bucks, but seeing eight or nine games live this season, when I have a better, I have a better seat at home on the couch. To be honest, right. did not take priority over me getting to see King George at Raymond James Stadium next Saturday. That took precedent, and I think there's a good reason for that. My priorities are in line. Thank you. Well, there you go. Well, that's fine, but don't bitch about not being able to come out here, right? That's fair. If you you want to go spend the money on going seeing George straight, and and I I, listen, I I wholeheartedly endorse that. But don't bitch and moan about you know not being able to come out here every day that it's available. So, and I would say the people that are that have paid the money and paid the freight like it very much that the perks that they get. So I'm I'm okay with this one. I'm all right with this one. Well, good but no I, fans today. Good thing and, I have uh, friends who uh, who have those uh, those season tickets. So I go. always I always finagle my way in there somehow. Exactly. It's 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 not that prohibitive to get if you really want to get here, get here. I, don't bitch about it. That's that's where I'm at on this. Um, all right, so let's get to some of uh, today's highlights. And, you know, look, and everybody will we'll talk about Devin White. Devin White is here. He is practicing. Uh, that's great news. I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think he was going to practice today. And I'm not sure, you know, going forward how that's going to look when they get into pads. But the good news is he's here, he's practicing, and that's all that matters. And so to me, it shows that there has been some change of heart. And I'm sure when he got here yesterday, you know, his teammates are talking to him and, and hopefully talking some sense into him and, and saying, hey, man, you know, we get it. I, I know you, you aspire to be that guy, and that's, you know, that's obviously where, where we want our guys. You know, you want to, them to be aspirational, to be the highest-paid player. But, you know, the, the way this game works is you go out and bust your ass and, and earn it. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that weren't drafted where he was drafted. You know, you look at some of these lower-level draft, you know, the Austin Ecklers of the world and some of these lower-level running backs who are making, you know, $600,000 a year, you know, getting their ass kicked and leading their team in rushing. You know, you got that, that are solely – those guys really have something to bitch about. But when you're making $11.7 million, um, I'm sorry. I just I, – I, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum. I think he's overplaying his hand, but he's here and he's practicing. So right. that's the good news. That's yeah, all about. As far as I know, I'm hoping the issues are in the rearview mirror since he's at practice and we can kind of bury this whole thing. Right. Um, you know, he put something on his Instagram story yesterday about, you know, no, all that noise and whatever it was. So hopefully that's his final act. And Did you read those motivational quotes? I honestly, I, I saw I them ins- come. I saw them come across my feed yesterday, and I, I was just, inspired by them. You were inspired. Yeah, I don't think I might even. Well, read maybe one you here. go ahead and read them because I, oh, I have to be honest. Oh, they're off story now. Oh, oh they're the gone. Oh. Yeah, um, I think Rick Rick had them in his story on on the Times. If you want to grab them and, and read them, so I thought they were very very um, something to the fact of, of some people brought me flowers, some people poured dirt on me, but either way, it's a garden and I'm growing. I mean, yes, oh, that that was about oh, it. Yeah, I love that was that was I like that was wonderful, Devin. Yeah, well, I wonder, he, did he, he write he, that? Uh, no. 
Uh, and then he cited the, uh, what was it, whoever, Corey, Corey Taboom, whoever that is. He put a nice yeah. little inspirational quote from there as well. Well-known philosopher from the Greek sure. period, I believe. Sure, well-known. <laughs> you have your definition of well-known, I have mine. But, he, uh, he was a compatriot of Plato, I believe. Okay, well, again. Socrates. Socrates. Again, you're What's talking. What's his name, Kaboom? Again, you're, yeah, Kaboom. <laughs> again, you're talking to the person that still doesn't have no idea who Oppenheimer is. So I'm uh, probably not the best to ask about well that people. Night. I have a film review, by the way, today. I forgot well, great. To tease that. Yes. Well, great. But no, my point though, I hope the uh, that's the that's the final act of mm-hmm. the yeah. the Instagram stories, and we get to work. Let's go. Let's go. He's here, and that's good news. Um, so it's not a distraction. That's that's the best news of the day. Now, um, we didn't get a lot of eleven on eleven work, and they're not in pads. A um, couple of observations. I'm watching the offensive lineman and Coach Gilbert, by the way. Is such a great offensive line coach. Just he's the prototypical F word. Every third word has to be an F word. Like that's in the offensive line coach uh, manifest. You have to do that. And he's like F and F and this. You got to get this F and guy and that F and guy. And this is fantastic. I love it. He was and um, he's working with Gedeke and Gedeke and Mock working together. Mock's um, very athletic. I love the way he moves and he's very quick. Uh, Gedeke, he's pretty athletic as well. But there's still something about Gedeke. I, I just, I don't see it. Uh, he does, he's not a big guy. He's not super athletic. His arms aren't that long. He's just, he looks like just a guy. Um, I hope he's better than that. And this, you know, this means nothing. He's not hitting anybody, right? But it just, you know, I, I watched Tristan Wirfs, and I know this is a different category. Tristan Wirfs is the creme de la creme. Um, and by the way, looks works looks very natural dropping from the left side. They were doing some pass rush drills. You know, they don't have pads on, but they're still moving, and they're moving at a high speed. He's just so natural. He's such a natural athlete, and he's so effing big, man. His trunk, like his bottom side, is just like it's just massive. But he moves like a ballerina. It's just it's in, even in in. Where this, where I'm 10 yards away, 15 yards away from him, and it's it's that's that's poetry in motion, brother, and it's it's big poetry, um, it, it's fun to watch. And Gedeke just doesn't, you know, I don't know. I, I hope he, I hope he's the answer. We'll see. It's, um, yeah, I was gonna say it's funny you brought that up because I saw a picture of those two. I think my it might have been Scott Reynolds who put it out on Twitter, and it was like your right side of your Bucks offensive line, Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke, and it's like, I've spent so much time talking about giving you the reasons of why the Buccaneers are going to be a better team than everybody thinks, and I've gone over the talent on this roster, and not to say I was ignoring it, but I was reminded today that the right side of the offensive line is no longer Shaq Mason and Tristan Wirfs, it is now Cody Mauk and Luke Gedeke, and if you're looking for something on this roster that gives you pause a little bit, and what could be their undoing... And we've seen that over and over in the history of this team. Um, offensive lines have, can be an undoing to the Buccaneers. That's going to be it. Because, again, Cody Malk, I'm expecting there's going to be a lot of growing pains there coming from a small school if he's the guy that wins that battle. They're at the right guard position if he beats out Hain- right. if If Hainsey's in that competition, I feel like Hainsey's a better player than him based on what I because I saw that last year him play. thought he was really good. But if it's Malk and Gedeke, that's going to give me a little bit of a pause. Because I know there's going to be significant growing pains for that duo. And once again, Shaq Mason is a loss to this team that we haven't really talked a lot about this offseason, but I think it's a big one. I would be much more confident in seeing Nick Leverett and Hainsey at right tackle. I don't know. I know they want Hainsey to be in the interior, 
because he's the backup center. And Leverett was, was his backup center as well. But I just, you know, Hainsey played right tackle at Notre Dame and was really, really good. He looks like he's bigger, he's more stout than Gedeke, maybe not as athletic, um, but he's played an entire season in the trenches. And so did and Nick Leverett played half the season. You give me, I would be much more confident with Leverett and Hainsey than I am looking at Mauk and Gedeke. That's just, you know, listen, the coaches know a hell of a lot more than I do, but I'm with you. When I see that, I go, let's see how it works out. I would would circle that as a trouble spot as well. Um, My man, Devin Tompkins, made it every time he touches the ball, Nick Geddes, he's doing something. They gave it to him on a jet sweep, um, and he's around the corner so fast. Uh, a couple other guys ran jet sweeps and um, weren't as successful. And I, I'll tell you this, th- this. Well, let me just stay on Tompkins because I'll go all over the place with everybody I saw today. Tompkins just makes plays. I, I, I know I have a soft spot in my heart for him, but he he stands out. Made he, he um, made a couple of moves on the sideline today on just a quick out and was down the sideline. He's just explosive. He's super explosive. Uh, first play of eleven on eleven. Um, you saw the Canales offense in full flow, baby. A little bootleg, little uh, stretch play, bootleg. Baker look, looking right, and then coming back on the backside. You know, it's a basic play. I'm not giving away any strategies here. We see it all the time, but it's the way they executed the play. Um, and Kate Otten's down the sideline for a touchdown. It's that's well, that's the Canales offense. That's the Rams offense and scheming guys open. There wasn't anybody within 20 yards of them. Well, I was going to say it's a basic play. Yes. But it's one that we haven't seen these Buccaneers execute nope. in a long, long time. Nope. So I think that's why it's pretty notable. You said the word bootleg, and I'm seeing all these other. We got we got quarterbacks who are legitimately doing drills, specifically working on mobility, right? Yeah. And that's what has to give you optimism when you look at it from the other side of the coin of this offense. Is these modern concepts that you know 95% of the league is using that the Bucks have not used the past three years, and there were reasons for that. And you're going to get it, and I think it's going to help mitigate whoever the quarterback is. It's going to help them out, and hopefully you get good production from there. But, yes, seeing the bootlegs, the waggles, all these things is definitely a welcome sight to this Buccaneers fan, at least. And I have to think for everybody else watching as well. Uh, Yeah, Jeremy Lowe putting in the comments that uh, Bowles is speaking now. So don't worry, guys. We're going to give you the full Bowles press conference here in a little bit. So uh, don't, you don't have to change the channel. We'll give you all the, the great uh, commentary now, and then we'll do bowls here in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, was, that was the first play. And then Keyshawn Vaughn ripped off a nice run. He ripped off a nice run in, up the middle, a little trap block, burst it through the hole. And then the, the defense kind of settled in a little bit, and I don't think uh, the Bucks' running game got a yard the rest of the day. It was, it was stout. Um, uh, Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett wearing number seven out here um looking good very moving slimming. around really really well very yeah. slimming the number seven yeah very very slimming number seven. <laughs> he looks slimmer than the old guy that used to wear seven. <laughs> oh my <laughs> he looked like he was moving better than the old number seven too he's, well he's definitely lighter than the old number seven <laughs> there's no question about that uh leonard for that we love oh, you, goodness you, man look at us being up. naughty already man i hope the car stopped burning um <laughs> the engine was overworked uh, no, I'm glad. Uh, who's he playing for, by the way, Fournette? Wait, didn't he visit the Patriots the other day? I think he may have, yeah. And Tom Brady didn't get mad about it. Um, yeah, so it, the run game, it, it popped a couple there, here and there. 
Um, Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask had a laser beam on his first snap with the with the ones. He found uh, Godwin over the middle on a deep end. Beautiful throw. I mean, with velocity and accuracy between about four defenders, right in the breadbasket of uh, Chris Godwin. Gorgeous throw by uh, Kyle Trask. He's not going away. And I'll say, you know, Baker, it feels like it's Baker's team. You know, I'm watching all the language out there, um, and it just it feels like it's kind of Baker's team. He's, he's taking the number one reps to start. Then, then Trask will come in. Maybe they'll flip that around tomorrow. But he's, you know, he's gathering people up. He's talking to them on the sidelines. He's talking to them, you know, behind, constantly moving, talking, moving and grooving. It just kind of feels that way. But you know well, what? We'll we'll see. And that's why I brought up to you before the show began the photo the Bucks put out on their social media this morning, and it was like that feeling when the Bucks are back. And it's Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield walking together, and they've got big smiles on their faces. The helmets are on. There's a coach in the middle. I think it might have been Idzik, I want to say. Um, and then Kyle Trask is just in the background, like in between Baker. It's like it was made for this. But Trask is right there in the background in the middle of Baker and Mike, and he's looking. he's got his helmet off. He looks disheveled. He's got this look on his face like, oh, man, I want to be in the club too. And that's exactly what it comes off as. That was the one they put on social media. And if you go read the comments, that's what everybody's looking at is the fact that Trask, it's like so poetic, that picture, and indicative of the perception, I guess, of this quarterback competition. You guy, I mean, it's just, he, he can't get a break, Trask. You know, I, something just tells me that he's going to get a shot at some point this year. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, he's going to be an all-pro in the comeback player of the year, but... I just want to. I just want to see him get a shot. There's something, you know. If Baker sprains an ankle, I love to see Baker. You know, have a. I don't think either one of these quarterbacks are going to light it up, but they don't need to. You know, this deep. The way Todd Bowles is going to want to win games this year is 24-10, right? Mm-hmm. 21-21-14, 17-14. That's the way he's. You know, this is a. This is a very much a dungy mentality where we're going we're gonna to play really, really good defense. We might bend a little, but we're not breaking. You can have a field goal every now and then, but you're not scoring in the red zone. We're going to play physical. We're going to get after you. We're going to cause turnovers. And then we're, gonna, you know, we're not going to take a ton of chances on offense, but we're going to scheme guys open and move the ball and, and keep, keep our guys on our defense on the bench and just win, win games that way. I think that's the way he wants to do it. Um, we'll see if that if that philosophy works with this with this roster. I think that's that's your best bet. I, mean, I think this this roster is built for that type of football. I don't think it's a super explosive offense. I think it you know might be able to get some big plays here and there, but that's you can win you can win this way in the NFL. Well, for the first time when it when it relates to the quarterback competition, I think you're going to see a good look and a good sample size of the first team offense out there. I'd have to think during preseason. Because yeah. I think, especially with Kyle, in Kyle Trask's case, I need to see him get those live reps on the field. I know it's preseason and it's probably you know 70% or whatever of what a real NFL game is. But I need to see those reps, those live reps with the first team guys. I need to see him doing that every single day with the ones in training camp. And I guess that's my question. You might have addressed it. Is it look like it's a true 50-50 split with the ones between Baker and Kyle? Uh, yeah, as much as I charted him today, um, yeah, it looked like a pretty pretty much a 50-50 split. Like, I think Baker took the first two plays, then Trask took the next two plays, um, and they kind of switched off like that. Wolford was in there a little bit. There's a lot of the backup running backs were getting touches for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, Rashad White had a nice cutback run, and I love the way that guy glides, man. 
he he just he just glides. Um, it, it, it's kind of a different feel watching him as opposed to some and, of the other running backs. And if I'm not mistaken on some other things that I, I noticed from some videos and photos out there, did it uh, Ryan Jensen, I heard he was taking snaps from John Wolford. So is that yeah. a, does it look like he's not up full of, up to speed yet from the uh, the knee injury? No, he look, you know, he's got braces on both knees. It looks like he's fully up to speed. Uh, Russell Gage is the only one out there that wasn't practicing. Um, and he was... It looked like he was limping. I don't know if he was just walking a weird way, but I was talking to some of the other beat writers, and I'm like, well, he like he looks like he's severely limping. And then you know he walked over when he was kind of you know joking around with friends and kind of moving around a little bit better. So I'm I don't want to speculate, um, but I he doesn't look like he's close. And boy, I've seen that guy in sweatpants more than I've seen him in a uniform. So I don't know how much you can count on him, but he, it looks like he's in great shape though. It looks like he's in fantastic shape. Um, and hopefully he'll be be able to get out there. Uh, what else did I see today? Uh, Logan Hall, Logan Hall, like he, he looks noticeably bigger. There was one uh, jet sweep where he beat his man, jumped up and, and and stopped it cold, setting the edge, which we talked about last year was a big weakness of this Bucks running game. You know they're going to count on him to be bigger and maybe do a little bit more of that. Um, so I, I like uh, Joe Tryon looks bigger. He 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 shined a little bit today, made a couple of plays. Looks big and fast. He looks big and fast and much more intimidating than I remember. I remember watching him last year in training camp going, you know, he's just he's just not an intimidating guy. He's not a, a force. Totally different look about him this year. Totally different look about him. He looks big. Um, bigger in the bottom, bigger upstairs, um, not as lean. I, I like his and, look. And I took yeah. note of it yesterday during Jason Likes' press conference. We didn't play that soundbite or really – talk much about it but he had a quote there at the end when he was asked about Joe Tryon Shawinka uh in expectations and I thought Jason kind of gave a pretty illuminating answer where he was like you know he's flashed he used the word flashed right yeah which yeah. that word to me sometimes could be a curse when it comes to first round picks he's flashed potential that shows why we took him in the first round but they know that he has to be better and he has to execute better and he has to get home and get more sacks because four sacks last year and what 23 tackles he was yeah. just pretty much uh, an ineffective player for majority of the season, if we're being honest. Joe Tryon, Chawinka, that is. So the fact that Jason liked, I thought, maybe called him out a little bit yesterday. Not too intense or anything, but just enough maybe to get the point across. And, you know, you saw it today. He's transformed his body, it seems like, in the offseason. So hopefully the message hits home because the Bucks. that's another thing they struggled with last year on defense that didn't help the secondary. He just couldn't get a four-man rush. Right, most likely zero in, in pressure. Majority of the games, they couldn't get any pressure on a four-man rush, and part of that has to do with Joe Tryon Shawinka. So that's good developments that he looks like he's transformed his body. And as we mentioned earlier, Shaq Barrett looks like he's moving really good for a guy coming off an Achilles. And the fact that he's even here, I mean, didn't we? We yeah. were all expecting him to be on the pup list. I yeah. feel like coming into camp, and the fact that he's Absolutely. out there and he's turning, like he's doing some pretty like intense, like like I don't know. Go back to like last off season because Godwin was coming off the same injury. I don't recall Godwin, at least on the first day at camp, doing this kind of intense movement that I saw from Shaq Barrett today in some of these clips. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 he, to me, looked really good. Um, I was not expecting him to look that good and, and, and that fast and that quick. Maybe it is the number seven, but um, I thought you know that was one of the real pleasant surprises. Uh, a couple other plays just to make note of. Uh, Payne Durham uh, had a beautiful route that he ran down a deep seam route right down the middle and tra- Kyle Trask hit him right in the hands and Nolan Turner who 
uh, Bowles talked about yesterday being a guy they expect to step up in year two. Uh, safety from Clemson stepped up and made it. I don't know if he knocked it away or Payne dropped it. It's one of those things. They're not in pads. There would have been a collision there. So I don't, you know, you don't know how that thing pay out. But Payne Durham had a chance to make a big play. Uh, he either dropped it or, or Nolan Turner um, made the play. Um, what other notes I made here? Uh, uh, Trask really, really nice quick out to Godwin. You know, Trask gets that ball out quick, and he, you know, he looks the part of a big time big passer. I, you know, people talk about him not having the strongest of arms. I don't see that. I don't see that. I, I see. I see a very strong arm quarterback. Good velocity. Good accuracy. Um, I, I, from what I, I saw today, he looks different on his feet. He's lighter on his feet. He looks better. He, he's got a really good, you know, six foot five drop back passer. You know, there have always been comparisons to Big Ben. I think his motion is more fluid than Big Ben's. Frankly, I think he's got better mechanics than Big Ben. But he, he kind of looks looks the same. Um, what else? I mentioned Tompkins, so uh, Rashad White. Yeah, that's those are most of the observations I had today. So um, good day one for the Buccaneers. We'll get to Todd Bowles' comments here in a little bit. Um, let's let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll come back and we'll hit the Rays, and we'll get to the Todd Bowles' comments as well because big win for the Rays last night. We got lots of college football to talk about and some fun sound to uh, get you on that. Lots of other things to get to as well. The uh, the United States uh, women's team plays tonight, I believe, as well in Game 2. So we'll hit that a little bit. And my Oppenheimer movie review. I think you will uh, be very interested in that as well. Quick break. Live from the Advent Health Training Center here at Buccaneers Training Camp. J.P. Peterson here. We'll be back. Brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group. J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Stay with us. Are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about 
When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through ExtravaganzaProductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. only just begun. And the line drive base hit through the hole. Margot scores. Lowe's going to score. Over to third goes Bethancourt. Into second, Yandy Diaz. And the Rays grab the lead. It's now 3 to nothing as Yandy Diaz... Uh, four to one, get a much needed win at home. Uh, the Orioles, meanwhile, lost in a walk off uh, to the Phils last night. So the Rays will pick up a game. What are we, one and a half back now of the O's? So, uh, well, it's about time to do that scoreboard watching. So, um, each and every night we'll be, we'll be watching what the O's do in, in Toronto and everybody else as well in the division. But, Good night for the Rays last night. Not a ton of offense, just four runs, but I believe he got nine hits. Yandy, of course, gets the big rip right there. 
Um, Brandon Lau hit a home run. We'll uh, we'll add that to the sound list here if you want to just throw that in anytime here, Nikki. Because uh, we knew that was coming, as much as we've been bashing this guy. You know, it's it's so funny. I guess we're going to have to say something negative about B-Lau every single day on this show. Well, because, that's not hard. Be, um, yeah, I guess so. But yeah. there's nothing negative to say today, I guess, because... Uh, yeah, I, I, yesterday I flat out said that he is he stunk the last 500 at bats, and those and those were just based off the actual numbers. Yeah, those are the numbers. And you know, me saying that I was going to give him, you know, a little bit after the All Star break to get hot here to see if I would I would have some faith, and I was losing it yesterday. And then he responds by going three for three in his first three at bats, and then hitting an absolute tank, as you said. Uh, and I'll cue that one up here. Uh, this was his 11th home run, I want to say, for Brandon Lau. And, again, this is a sign that hopefully he's heating up and maybe he can ride this offense for a little bit. So here was the call from Bally Sports from last night. With uh, Zach Eflin, he's going to be on the mound tomorrow. But we want to see the interview. And there's a shot on the first pitch. Brandon Lau hits this one a mile, and it's out of here. Brandon Lau unloads on the... Yeah, there we go. Um, he finally got a hanging breaking ball and deposited that one like uh, he used to do quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listen, if he can get on a little bit of a hot streak, that would be great because then maybe the Rays can trade him uh, and get oh, something God. for him. I just, I've, I've given up on the guy. I've given up on the guy. <laughs> I don't think he's the long-term answer. And if I were the Rays, and and, and trust me, they're thinking this way because they want to move that salary. They don't, they don't want to pay him anymore. Not when they can bring up Aranda. Uh, and, you know, for a tenth of the cost well, and I mean, save the money. I, it was good to see, though, and I thought, you know, there was a play in that game early with the offense that I think kind of re- alleviated the pressure a little bit that they were feeling, and it actually started with Bilal, and it was his first hit of the game where he kind of dropped a blooper over there in the center, and I was like, right. oh, finally. Like, we got something to go our way, and then Paredes, I think, came up the next hit of the next batter and did kind of the same thing to the right side of the field. And I saw those two plays, and I'm like, okay. That there looks like go. something that could spark this offense a little bit because they've been getting, I mean, there have been times where they've been hitting the ball really hard, I'll be honest, and it just, sometimes that's just the way baseball goes. They hit it really hard and it goes to somebody. I mean, last night the same thing happened to Juan DeFranco, I thought twice, who had another 0 for 4 performance at the plate. Yeah. Uh, he had a hard ground ball to second, you know, right to a rise, and he's out. And then he hit one and he just missed it. He, I mean, he's had a couple of those throughout this slump that he's hit to the warning track, and I thought he hit it out last night, but he just came short. It would have been a home run in six ballparks for what that's worth. Um, so hopefully, I thought Wander's at-bats were a little bit better last night. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they need, like I said yesterday, they need him to come out of that slump. But you mentioned not a, not a, not a lot of ton, a ton of offense, but when they get to that magical four-run number, the Rays are almost unbeatable. If you look at the numbers this year, if they get to four runs, they're winning almost majority of their games. So that's really all you need. And when you get the pitching performances that they're continuing to get night in and night out from this starting staff. And yes, the B-Low was, was great to see last night and all the other things that went on. But the star of the show was Tyler Glass. Tyler Glass now, who shoved. Who shoved. And I know you were, you said you were new to that term today, which I can't, under, I can't understand. I can't understand you. That's always been around. He shoved last night. Never heard it before in my life. Kept Never his, heard it before. He's been he's been keeping his pitch count at an efficient level here the last you know five six starts and it's allowing him to go deeper into the games. And what was so impressive about him last night, his A pitch, which is that curveball. I don't know if he threw one for a strike yesterday. He no. just could not find confidence in that curveball. But what happened? 
His fastball had life to it, and his slider had really good bite to it. And the Marlins, I thought, were fooled all game. So he goes seven. Of note, saw this last night on the Bally Sports broadcast, since he made his first start on May 27th, and I think we're 12 starts in now. Mm-hmm. He leads the American League in strikeouts. So does Tyler he really? Glad he does. Wow. 88 strikeouts. last night. Yeah, 88 strikeouts, I think, since he made his debut on on, uh, May 27th. Leads the American League. And as I said yesterday, he's rounding back into elite form. And when he's at his best like this, I think he's every bit the pitcher that Shane McClanahan is at his best. And you truly have two aces in this rotation as long as both can stay healthy. And that has to give you optimism for this team. And why I'm not going to completely throw him away right now is because I will still take those two guys in a playoff series over any two guys that anybody else yeah. is going to trot out there. And backed out, uh, backed up by today's pitcher, Zach Eflin, who's right. been nothing but a horse all year long. Um, no, the three starters are the strength of this team right now. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, if they can get back to at least half, they've gone from 6.54 runs per game uh, up to June 30th to 3.4. I mean, that's almost... Uh, it's a 40% drop. That's dramatic. That is really dramatic. You don't see a swing like that for an extended period of time, which July, almost a month of July. I mean, that's that's a dramatic drop-off. And as we noted yesterday, it kind of coincides with the Wander suspension and the Wander issues. You know, make of that what you will. I think it's a factor. Some people can just dismiss it, whatever. Uh, too, Too coincidental for me. But when you, because we rely so much on Wander, and he is not, he's batting under 200 since that suspension. So that's, that's no good. So that offense has got to tick up. They've got to get back to at least four and a half runs a game. As, as you said, that's the magic number. You shouldn't drop off that dramatically. So look, get, they're going to have to go get a bat at the deadline. And we're what, five days away now? Five days away. We're close. From the yeah. deadline. Yeah, five, six days away. Something, they've got to pull the trigger here soon. It They've would, got to pull gonna, the trigger. Yeah, I think I think it's going to happen. Uh, what whatever level of move that is, I don't know, but I think there's no doubt they're going to add something um, at the deadline. But as are these other teams. Oh, as are these other teams as well. It's going to get really active here as we get to the weekend. And of note, also, uh, yeah, Miami is our bitch. Okay, Nin- nineteen and two against wow. the Miami Marlins, dating back to 2019. 19-2. and two. So, yes. Miami's our bitch. Love to see it. So, so we own the Marlins. <laughs> oh, we, we own, own them. Of course, we own the Red Sox. We have, we have real estate in the Red Sox. Yeah. But let's, let's, let's go south a little bit here. We own the stinking Panthers, too. That's true. Because yeah, the last true. time we played meaningful games against them, sure. Yeah, and when we get to the Stanley Cup, we finish the job. Thank you. Or we have finished the job. Thank you. So... You know, I'm trying to think of the last time the Bucks played the Dolphins uh, in a real. Oh, game. they played they them. Did. They played them in 2021, and I f- believe they beat them like 45 to 17 or something like that. I believe it was, yeah, yeah. So Miami, jump aboard the bitch train. Um, all right, let's listen to Kevin Cash uh, about last night's big win over the stinking fish. Um, yeah, definitely. It, it, it felt good to, to get the score first. And you mentioned the run Glasnow's on. What stands out the most? I mean, going deep in games, strikeouts, limiting walks. Yeah, uh, 
definitely going deep in games, and you know he's he's getting his strikeouts while being very efficient to allow him to do that. So overall, just strike throwing. And what's the status of Yandy? Find out a little bit more tomorrow. He's sore. Um, I think you know, fingers crossed. It, it, we get some some good news. He'll have an image at some point midday. Um, he's in better spirits now than maybe he was right at the right when it happened. Interesting defense there in the eighth inning. Siri coming in with the catch and Rayleigh sliding. Yeah. Siri's ready to go. He tells me he's always ready. I don't know if I always believe him, but uh, he was ready. I liked his haircut, too. Did Rayleigh exceed his uh, number of uh, allotment of Red Bulls before the game? <laughs> he plays pretty amped up, man. He plays. It's a, it's a football mentality out there that he takes, but uh, easy guy to root for. Luke, in that first inning, second bender for you guys, that was an 11-pitch at bat. So you're biting into Cabrera's pitch count pretty early right there. Yeah, look, I don't know what happened to why he came out. If he's hurt, hopefully it's not too bad. But, yeah, that, that at bat was really big. We drove the pitch count up pretty high with you know, 50-something pitches through two innings, and, and Luke, Luke played a big role in that for sure. Your team is 28th in uh, batting average with balls in play in the last 30 days. Feels like it. You had two soft hits uh, to lead in a big inning. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. It it doesn't matter. (laughs) That'd be great. Yeah, I think everybody in that room would sign up for that. Um, You want to hit the ball hard. That's a goal. Uh, But you'll take some luck and find the soft hits, too. Yes, you will. Uh, And they need every hit they can get at this point. Um, No question about it. And yeah, that's you know we haven't really talked about the Andy Diaz injury here, and and what I tell you what that was a hell of a play by Brandon Lau yes. last night, uh, coming across second base, throwing across his body uh, to get the runner at first, and then Yandy does this incredible stretch. To, I, I don't know how he he, he helped, kept his foot on the bag, but that's where he injured his groin. Now, if Yandy is out for any extended period of time, this struggling offense, woo, bro, that uh, that that's a scary thought. He goes on a 10-day DL. Where, where does this offense go? I mean, it's... Yeah, I'm hoping it'd be minor. Um, yeah. The Yandi, like, I, like I've been saying about Jonathan Ronda, if you wanted any shot to see him up here, it was going to take an injury to a Yandi or a, a Harold Ramirez probably yeah, to, play first base. to yeah. see him. But it, at the moment, and again, he's going to get the imaging done today, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be something serious. Hopefully he's just day-to-day. Maybe sure. he maybe he got the off day today, so that helps. Maybe he misses a game out of this, this huge Astro series. That's coming up this weekend. The streaking Astros, might I add, right. who beat the uh, right. the Rangers last night, and they're now only a game back of the Rangers in the NL West. So, as I've been saying, I'm not sleeping on the Astros by any means when it comes to this AL race for the pennant. Uh, I think they're still an outstanding team, and they're probably going to add at the deadline as well. But the other thing last night that I thought stuck out to me, already mentioned Glasnow, but. Getting a clean, when was the last time you saw a clean 8th and ninth from Jason Adam and Peter Fairbanks? It's been a while, I feel like. It's been a while. I haven't seen yeah. it in a bit. And yeah. last night, I thought both had their, their best their best uh, last night against the Marlins. Jason Adam, congratulations, by the way. He's a girl dad of four now. So that dad power helped him out yesterday. He's got his hands full, by the way. I can four, only he's imagine. He's got four girls? Four girls. Holy he had his fourth shit. girl at 5.30 in the morning, I believe, yesterday. Woo. And then goes out and pitches a clean inning in the eighth. Fairbanks came in in the ninth. And Fairbanks, when again, when he pitches like that, and I think, I mean, the velocity, I feel like, with Fairbanks, like, is up a little bit. Now I'm seeing him, like, kind of hit 101 a little bit. He seems yeah, to be yeah. ramping back, and he just, you can see that these hitters, like, Solaire was crazy late on one of those fastballs to strike him out. The fastball to end the game, obviously, from Garrett Cooper. 
when he's got that going right there, he is an elite option. It just I feel like I haven't seen it enough recently. So that was good to see last night, and they're going to need more of it. So all in all, the, the negative last night, if you want to talk about that, we'll cover both. Thrown out three times on the base paths. Yeah, that um, at third base. Randy Rosarena, what are you doing? Yeah, and Randy kind of kind of goes in with that. When you look at the negatives, I thought he had four at bats last night where I didn't really see much of anything. I saw yeah. more really long swings. Yeah. Uh, I heard Matt Joyce talking on the the pregame show talking about the home run derby and how that potentially could be affecting him. No question. And I think there's and again that was my big concern going into it because Randy just doesn't look right right now at the plate. No. Uh, it seems like he struck out once looking on a slider. It looks like he was expecting fastball, and when you're in a slump, that just seems how it goes. Expecting fastball, here comes slider. Expecting slider, here comes fastball. That's what's going on with Randy right now. So he's got to get back and shorten that swing up and get back to what made him successful. But all in all, last night, you live with it. It wasn't a super. I didn't really have much confidence the Marlins were ever going to get back into that game because the pitching was so great. So a good night for the Rays and much needed here going into the off day. Uh, Let's cue up the... um uh, Tyler Glass now from Last Now. Let's hear him talk. I always love listening to Glass Now talk about anything. Uh, he's he's such an intelligent guy, but especially about his great outings. It's my favorite subject. Uh, and his curveball was sharp last night in terms of its break. I, you know, sometimes I think his curveball breaks so much that it's almost ridiculously hard to control it in the zone. I mean, he's got that much spin rate on it, and guys are. He's dropping it four feet in front of the plate. Guys are still swinging at it. That's how good it is. So it, it, although we couldn't throw it, really dial it for a strike, I still think it was an effective pitch last night in, in the repertoire. Let's let's hear Tyler talk about his, his game last night. All right, Tyler, a deep start for you, a good start. Looked like your slider and your fastball were, were key pitches for you. How well were those working, and how would you feel? Uh, I felt good. I think timing was good. The only thing I, I had no idea was my curveball. Like especially the last inning, it like weirdly felt pretty good. I just think I was I don't know, just like squeezing it too tight or something. But my fastball and slider, that's, that's probably the best my slider's been in a long time. Um, and then my heater carry and everything was really good tonight. So I, I got away with just having the two pitches. Is it extra satisfying that at least it seems recently you've been able to get those strikeouts while while still being efficient? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like the. It's like the, the best recipe, I guess. It's definitely nice to just try and like not work like a bunch of balls and strikes and like full counts and whatnot. So if, as long as I can be efficient and rack up the Ks, that's that's what I want to do. What do you think has been the key to that, Tyler, to being efficient while still getting the strikeouts? I think just kind of getting to a rhythm and like being mechanically like sharp and consistent and stuff. I think the games that I'm not that good, I think it's just like kind of... I don't know. Certain pitches just feel like a bit different, or I'm not as like consistent, and I'm I'm trying to like find things in the zone. But today, it just felt a lot more like rhythmic and uh, just easier to time up. Right, so <clears throat> the pitch with the lead early on, especially the way the lineup's kind of been surging here lately. Yeah, it's it's great. I think just anytime you're out there and you have like a little not like a cushion, but yeah, I mean if you're like in line to the team is going to win, it it definitely kind of yeah. I don't know if you pitch any different, but it, it feels nice for sure. Yeah. And how much of a boost does like the place like Lau in the in the second yeah, game? Yeah, it's amazing. That always gives me like a nice boost for sure. Just our defense has always been so good, um, and I think a lot of times when they're off the bat, I'm like that's a hit or something, or like just a, a play where there's a lot of time in between, and like I just we make every one of those plays, and it makes my job a lot easier. So, first time facing Luis Arise. Uh, it's just 19 games we all hit for him. So how? What, what do you think it was the key facing a guy like like him? 
Uh, just trying to execute pitches, really. I know he's just really good bat-to-ball skills and trying not to like leave anything over the plate. Um, I threw a really good slider to him and was able to get him. And Yeah, he's a really good player. But I think just like kind of normal uh, strategy, I guess, and then just trying to execute. Yeah. You've been dominant against righties. Is the next step to be a little bit more consistent against lefties? I don't, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you like, don't pay attention. No, I just I think like it's just each hitter is their own. I I feel comfortable facing lefties. I actually like mm-hmm. like the view of a lefty a lot more. I don't know my splits. Um, I haven't really like. I guess I haven't like dissected lefty or righty. I think it's more just about like execution each mm-hmm. each hitter. But if I am doing better against righties, then yes, I want to do better against lefties. <laughs> There's uh, Tyler Glass now talking about last night's outing. Um, yeah, it's interesting that it, sometimes the media does know more than the players do about their um, uh, their advanced, maybe advanced analytics, whatever. But um, all I know is Tyler was fantastic last night, and he's been really, really good. As you've said, as I've said on this program, I believe he's the linchpin to postseason success. But that when I say drop off the table like it has. And again, if they can get it back to four and a half runs a game with this pitching staff, I still, I still would love to see them add a dominant closer. Uh, Josh Hader would be great, um, and then maybe a bat of some sort, a legitimate bat, not a Peralta, not even a, 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 a um, I'm trying to think of Nelly Cruz, not even a Nelly. I'm, I'm talking about a big bat, a twenty million, twenty-five million dollar bat, a big, big bat. That can that is consistently performed in postseason. I don't know who that is. I don't know who's available. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the guy with the White Sox that's having such a great year, um, and I don't even know if he's available. But um, you know, I just I just think they need they need a bopper. They need a bopper, and they need a back end guy. I've seen the White Sox are like a team that probably I would have to say everybody's available except for a, a Luis Robert or a, a Dylan Cease. And, you know, Lance Lynn, I, I believe, has been kind of mocked to the Rays a little bit in some of these fantasy yeah. trades. But I think I saw yesterday, Lance Lynn, I think, has a nine-team no-trade. And I'm almost positive the Rays are on that. So oh, Lance really? Lynn okay. would have to approve that. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe I saw that yesterday. Uh, I've heard his name. The other one that's on the White Sox that's available, and quite frankly, I really don't see what the point is here of getting him. But I see a lot of people talking about him as Tim Anderson who has been one of the absolute worst players in baseball this season. Like, I'm talking, I don't think he's hit a home run yet this year. The OPS is, like, in, like, the 500s, I think. He's And his defense has never been his calling card. He's, like, a negative war this year. I'm not sure why there's some, I'm not sure why there's a lot of people that are talking about Tim Anderson and, like, where do you put him on the field? Because he's a shortstop, and, like, he's not a, he's not better than Brandon Lau. He's not better, he's, he's not even better than Taylor Walls, quite frankly. Because right. he's not hitting it anymore, and he's not good at defense. So, respectfully, yeah. I'll decline on that. My, my, I tell you what, my, I'm getting to the point where my, my dream, but I know the bidding is going to be really high for this guy right now, is Cody Bellinger. I, I've been keeping so much note of what's going on with him in Chicago. The Cubs are probably in a, deci- or in a spot where do they want to sell because they're kind of in the middle of a, yeah. a playoff race, but kind of not at the same time. But do they want to get rid of Cody Bellinger? He's on a one-year deal, so he'd be pretty affordable for this season. He's just, to me, he might be the comeback player of the year. And yeah. I know the Yankees are probably going to be sniffing around for a guy like that, which I can't believe, side note, the Yankees I can't believe are buying at the deadline. I, I saw this yesterday, too. They're 9-1 and one against, or 8-1 and one against the A's and the Royals this year. 
They're 45 and 47 against the rest of the league. So the fact that the Yankees are actually going to be buying at the deadline seems absolutely ridiculous to me, but, you know, let them do what they want to do. But Cody Bellinger probably, if I had to put my number one player, my dream is Cody Bellinger right now. But how realistic that is, I probably don't know. I probably can't hardly tell you. Yeah, I don't think the Cubs, I mean, even if they've got a sniff, I don't think they can trade him at this point. Um, it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless they're blown away by the prospects that they get. I mean, they could be thinking, well, look, yeah, we're, we're kind of in it, but are we really going to be better than the Braves? Are we really going to be better uh, than the Dodgers? Are we really going to be better? Can we, right. can we beat these teams? And, and how do we get on their level? Well, yeah, we, sell, and, we sell Cody Bellinger and we get three really, really good players. Yeah. And of note, by the way, um, Bob Nightingale did actually just put this out eight minutes ago that the Rays are engaged in serious talks for Lance Lynn. Serious okay. talks. So that may, when you say the word serious, that makes it sound like there's something coming pretty soon here. But he did add, by the way, he confirmed this, that the Rays are one of the ten teams that are on his no-trade list. But he did inform them that he will waive it for a chance to be with the Rays. Oh, good, good, all right. I don't know what pitcher would not want to play for the Rays. That doesn't make any sense right. at all. So we'll see. All right, we'll take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to get into uh, Todd Bowles' comments from the first day of practice. We're also going to do some uh, college football in our second hour as well. Uh, we've got some Alex Gullish uh, comments. And, by the way, we uh, should speak with the coach on Friday because we're going to be doing our show live from the USF football golf tournament out at uh, TPC, I believe it is. So we'll be live out there, hopefully get the coach on. Uh, he had some comments yesterday at AAC, which were kind of interesting. Not we'll many. Also hear from, yeah. <laughs> Not many. <laughs> All right, much more coming your way in our second hour. First hour brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S, lawgroup.com, and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. If you want to lose weight or just get your in, uh, immune system in better order, um, or lean up. It's Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Get an appointment right there on the website. Back in three. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. 
Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is Fan Stream Sports with JP. JP Peterson Show, our second hour here as we are coming to you live from the Advent Health Training Center here at One Buck Place, where the Bucks just wrapped up their first practice of this training camp season. We're brought to you by 
The great folks at Italiano Insurance who just saved me a thousand bucks on my yearly car premium because my rates went through the roof, like happened to many of you guys. And they shopped it around for me. And what do you know? They came back with a, a quote that's going to save me a thousand bucks this year. So thank you to Italiano Insurance. Thank you to Charity over that air at Italiano Insurance. She stayed till 9 30, maybe 10 o'clock that night to make sure my insurance was done by midnight to make sure I got the deal. So um, that's what they do over there. They go the extra mile. The customer service is through the roof. They are phenomenal. So give them a call, 813-877-7799, and a human being will answer the phone. How about that? Um, also brought to you by the Golden Diamond Source in Extravaganza Productions and American Mortgage Service here in our second hour. Um, all right, Todd Bowles gave his first press conference post-practice here today. And uh, let's listen in to uh, what he had to say about today's first workout. Sharper, and I think the communication was great, so we just have to build from there. You said during the uh, offseason you, you didn't want to get into specifics on Russell Gage's injury. Are, are you able now to disclose what type of injury it is? No, it's a lower extremity injury. I mean, it's a leg injury, but he'll, he'll be fine. I mean, we're counting on him. He'll be back, and he's working to get back. Todd, getting the quarterbacks to a different launching Point, which I think is part of uh, this camp between you and Canales. Um, from a defensive standpoint, um, how much harder does that make a, a defense when uh, you, you're not sure where the, the quarterback's uh, comfort level is? I mean, we have a good idea what most quarterbacks in this league, what they do and where their comfort level is. And, you know, as, we're not game planning, but as we game plan, we kind of know who's going to be where and we adjust accordingly. Launch point to us doesn't mean much. It's just what sections they like to throw the ball in. Everybody has their favorite spots, and no matter what the coverage is and no matter what the routes are, that spot ends up getting a lot of usage. So game plan-wise, you look at that, but we're not game planning right now. It's just to see where they're comfortable at. Ultimately, we want to put them in the best launching point that makes them more comfortable. Now, Baker's left and Kyle's right or Kyle's the middle, eventually we'll get to that. But, you know, right now we're just working on everybody doing the same thing. When we talked to you yesterday, you have not addressed the team. What was your message to them when you started this training? Obviously, the camaraderie, the culture, and the chemistry. You know, and you can't have one without the other. You know, we're building the camaraderie right now. We think we have a good culture, and it's growing more, and that creates better chemistry. So we get that together in training camp. We think we have some very good players, and we learn how to play smart situational football. We'll be fine. Again, just sharp mentally. You know, as, as the plays and the playbook comes in on both sides and the installs go in, we'll see who makes all the adjustments and who makes plays and pads. And you know, it's different playing in t-shirt and shorts than it is in pads. And you got to have recall every day. We'll see who's mentally tough and makes plays. Um, I asked you about kind of the difference in the leadership styles between Kyle and, and, and Baker. And I also asked Jason as well, and kind of one thing you guys talked about was, you know, the fact that, that Kyle, his leadership style is a little bit different, right? Like, it's more of a quiet confidence about him. Um, does a quarterback need to be that that kind of rah-rah, in-your-face type of a, of a guy? Or, or can he lead from a kind of more of a quieter place the way Trask does? Not all the time. I mean, leadership on offense can come from the O-line, the receivers, or the running back. And the quarterback, naturally, because he's a signal caller and talks a lot and tells everybody what to do, 
have to have some type of leadership skills, and Kyle has that as well as Baker. Kyle's very vocal when he needs to be. I mean, he comes across as quiet, but he's very loud on the field. He's very confident in what he's doing, and we like the way he leads it, and we like the way Baker leads it. Uh, yesterday, Jason said that Joe Tryon Jamaica has to step it up this season. What do you want to see from him in order to, uh, for lack of better terms, step it up? You know, for me, Joe has to finish at the top of the rush. He beats linemen and he either slips down or falls off the quarterback because he's, he's launching too early and not running through the quarterback. He has to take those extra two steps. You know, he left a lot of sacks out there last year. Not that he didn't get back there, but he didn't finish the play. Finishing at the top of the rush is just as important as beating the guy initially off the line of scrimmage. And, you know, me and Joe have talked about this, and he understands that, and he's working towards that, and that's what we need to see from him. Same lines with the, the two rookies, Yaya Diaby and Jose Ramirez. Um, I know it's tough to evaluate guys um, defensively, but just kind of what have you seen from those guys? And well, college tape, you see Ramirez. He's a heck of a pass rusher, and that, that's really his specialty, what he can do. Yaya, is a, he's an outside linebacker, but he has the strength of a defensive lineman. So he's a very good edge setter, and he can really come off the ball, and he's a really powerful guy uh, in the speed-to-power rush. And we look to see both of them execute those things as we go in camp. Saying that he no, I just said he had the strength of a D-lineman. I didn't say he was a D-lineman. Now, Coach Rogers might want to put him down there, but he's an outside backer. And, you know, before we get in the game plan, I just said he's as strong as a defensive lineman. Good, good versatility is always good with you. I know that. Always. There's no pads on yet, but Elijah was pretty disruptive today. What have you thought about him so far I think he's a heck of a ball player, but like you said, there's no pads on the day. You gotta, you gotta, you know, the lineman can't grab and we can't hit and everything like that, but he's working and you can see he's gonna be a special player. Competition with all of them. You know, we, we, and we, you compete, you know, nothing's given to you out here. You better earn your spot. What's the ceiling for this secondary, Todd, especially with the, the addition of Ryan Neal. How important could Ryan Neal be in this entire defense? Ryan's huge from a communication standpoint. Since he walked in the door, him and Winfield, they, they've developed a great bond in the spring, especially from a disguise standpoint. He's a very good communicator. He wants to learn the game from everyone's eyes, coach from the coach's eyes and the player's eyes and see everything. And his leadership and his communication out there has been invaluable. Knock on wood if they stay healthy. I think the communication and the chemistry is coming along pretty good. I think those guys have a chance to be good. As a former player, and I know you played a different position, but um, the NFL recently, um, multiple star running backs met up for a Zoom call to talk about, you know, kind of the state of their position in terms of what they feel is lack of pay. And, you know, I know one of the common themes of, of that conversation was, um, you know, it seems like the more production they have, the more they feel like they're devalued. Just kind of as, as a head coach, your, your thoughts on that and, you know, if more should be done, um, if, if we're not valuing the position enough from a pay standpoint? I don't know if I have a position. There's really nothing I can say or do about that. <laughs> you know, I, I you feel for people and, you know, you... I don't, I don't really have an answer to that, you know. It's, it's, it may be, and then other people feel they may be devalued or valued. So you got to kind of play it out as it goes, and I think each team is different, and you go accordingly. I can't answer that for the whole thing. I think I'll be the president of an NFLPA or the league if I can answer that. 
Do you, do you feel though, like the running back position is valued today the way it was 10 years ago? Ten years ago, the money wasn't where it was, so obviously it's valued a lot more. I mean, you had more 25, 30-plus carry backs back then. I mean, I think the days of Peyton and Emmett Smith and all those guys, there's not many that carry it 20 to 30 times, but they catch the ball more. You know, they do a lot more things, and they're a lot faster, and the offenses are different. So, I mean, it's like every other position, you know. One jumps every couple of years and one goes down, so I'm sure it'll fluctuate and change. You have all this run action in this offense. Is that going to create, you know, some guys that, that get free like that? Hopefully, you know, hopefully it does that. And if we're running the ball enough and we're, we're getting some yards that way, hopefully it creates some of those type of situations. All right, there's uh, Todd Bowles. He hit a bunch of different topics there. Um, I, I will just say this. It, it is a, a much more, as, as Ira Kaufman has called it, assertive uh, Todd Bowles, even in the press conferences, just the way he's challenging the media on certain questions. And I, I love that. I love that about Todd Bowles. I, I think we're seeing more of his true self come out into the media, and I, I, I think that's great. I think it's, I think it's good for his players to see i think it's good for his fan for the fans to see he just seems you know much more comfortable this year in his own skin and in this job and, and like, as i've said i i think it's he's he's a huge question mark for this team and how he manages the team but everybody to a man is pulling for him there's no question about that but that and that's just based on his history and as you know, i was talking to ira today and i, I told him my my dallas to dallas and he's like, I like that. I like that. Dallas to Dallas. The, the team got worse the, over the entire s- s- season. The Cowboys got better, and the Bucks got worse. And, you know, that falls first and foremost on the head coach. And he knows that. Todd Bowles knows that. And last year was dysfunctional. We all know that. Uh, he's got a better chance this year. He's got, a, he's got his hand-picked offensive coordinator. He's made the changes to the staff that he, that he sees fit. Um, and I think he'll have a better shot. Now, will he manage the games differently? I, I hope so. Uh, I think he's, he could certainly see end up self-scouting on where some of the flaws were. And, and I, I know the organization is going to try to help him with that because it's very tough to call plays and manage a game. And I think we're seeing in college and pros, uh, guys go away from that. So we'll, we'll see how that evolves this year. Yeah, bottom line, Todd Bowles is coaching for his job this year. There's just oh, yeah. no other way around it or to even spin it. He's coaching for his job. And so if you're Todd Bowles and you've been a head coach for five years in the NFL and it hasn't been great, you know, maybe one year with the Jets it was good, but the rest of it has been kind of a crapshoot, if we're being honest. Yeah. I think by all means, if you've got to try something different, if you've got to change a philosophy or just a way that you lead a team, whatever that may be, I don't know. But whatever that is, I think he needs to figure that out rather quickly because – He's on the hot seat. I mean, Ira brought it up yesterday, and I did see it yesterday too. From I think it was Bet Online AG, he's got the second highest odds to to be the first coach hired. There's just no other way around that. So, yeah, um, yeah, a lot rides on Todd Bowles. I will say the one thing he said this in this uh, press conference that kind of jumped out to me, and again, a guy we haven't talked about a lot, but he was an addition is uh, Orion Neal. And mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, I, I think him and Winfield. Especially, you know, Antoine sliding back to his natural position where he really shined his first two years in the league. And given how great, and I I use the word great because he really was great last year for Seattle when Jamal Adams went down. 
we could be talking about one of the better safety tandems in the NFL, potentially. Yeah. And Anton yeah. Winfield and Ryan Neal. So we focus so much on what's going on on the outside with Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean and how great of a duo they can be. I think that safety duo is actually a better at what they do than what the two corners do at what they do. I think that's a fair assessment, and I think you might see that this year. And he's going to be, and what is he on here? A one year deal, two and a half million? Talk about yeah, a bargain super cheap. that they got him cheap. on. That's I yeah. think that's going to pay huge dividends for this defense this season. Yeah, I, I think the Bucks will um, try and re-sign him and extend him uh, during the season if they get what they're getting. And he was very uh, prominent today. I mean, very he, he's very vocal. He's out there calling out plays, and he's like, "Watch this, watch this." You know, he's one of those cheaters in practice where they've seen the offense <laughs> through the OTAs, and he's like, he knows. But, you know, I, and I like that. He's very vocal. Well, he's he, all, he's, you have to also know, like, if this is Canales' offense, right, he, he right. saw it for however long he was there in Seattle. So he's That's definitely right, got to be point. ahead of the curve. And also remember how big he is. He's 6'3", I think, just over 200. He's a thumper. He yeah. hits you and you feel it. I mean, I'm not going to say he's John Lynch by any means, and nor does anybody in the league today have the ability to be a John yeah. Lynch. Not but, to. you know, if he could be some kind of a, a form of that, and be good in coverage, which I think was his calling card last year in Seattle. I, again, I think you're on to something there with that safety tandem. Um, did, did we miss it? Was he even asked about Devin White? I don't believe so. Huh. He, was not, he was not in the... Uh, now, the press conference that they posted, it kind of led into a in the middle of him answering a question. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it was one of the first ones... Uh, <laughs> call, maybe it was the, one of the first ones, because yeah. I'd have to think that was probably on everybody's yeah, mind to course. start. Of course. So um, maybe it, we'll search for a transcript on that. Yeah, <laughs> see if we can get see if we can get something. That's that's always interesting how it gets edited. So we'll 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 see what we can find. I'll see if I can find out from the, the other media members that are in the media room here um, on on our next break. I'll I'll uh, see if I can grab one to see what happened. Um, trying to trying to finagle a couple to come over here and yeah, chat, it, chat with it us. It sounds they're like all busy right now. It does sound. I'm looking through it here on uh, some Twitter for some clips. It does sound like he kind of he kind of just kept it pretty short and that he was out there and that it was a huge thing and that he looked good. So he kept it pretty short yeah. and sweet. It looks like. Yeah, and in case you're just joining us here on the, on the podcast, we started off by talking about Devin White being here. Um, you know, he's here. He's practicing. That's good stuff. I didn't think he was going to practice. I think, and I think to a man. Everybody in the media I talked to felt the same way. So that's a great that's a great storyline. He's here, he's practicing, and whatever was said to him, and I would, you know, I got to believe his his teammates are the biggest thing. You know, his teammates they know. Look, as much as I think Devin White is overplaying his hand, he could be a huge huge part of a shocking season for the Bucks. And you know, and honestly, you know. They need that. You know, the Bucks are going to need everything to hit this year to be good, right? They're going to have to be really healthy. They don't have a lot of really good depth. Um, they're going to have to, you know, get some breaks. And they're going to have to have their every player that they have needs to play to their ability or beyond it. And that happens from year to year. It happened with Seattle last year. It happened with the Eagles last year. It happens from year to year. Your team just stays ridiculously healthy. Um, they get great performances from every guy. And, you know, here's a guy, that Devin White, who is a high-ceiling guy. He's a super high-ceiling guy. And if you can get that play from him, boy, it just lifts up your entire defense. And, and that's what they need. And, and if he you know, decides that he's not going to play at that level and, you know, when he's running around with his hair on fire because he's trying to protect himself or whatever, and I'm saying that he is, but um, the bottom line is he's here today. 
he's practicing, and and that's the that's the best storyline we could have had today. And I think it's a little surprising. I'm glad I'm glad he decided to play. It's 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 going to help this team. Now he could always, you know, go back on that and just leave camp. But you know, we'll, we'll see what the future holds. We're not going to predict that, but hopefully he's. Um, He's in good shape. And as we mentioned earlier, the, with the quarterback battle, Trask and, and Baker Mayfield, they took about equal amount of reps as far as I could see. Uh, Trask had some nice moments with a great laser over the middle to Chris Godwin. Uh, Baker on the first first play from scrimmage, little little bootleg backside tight end, wide open Kate Otten down the sideline for an 80-yard touchdown. Nobody within 30, 40 yards of him. But this, is, you know, this defense – they're not used to all this movement and this crossing and, and all the different stuff or how, how Canales and this offense schemes guys open. So this is why Todd Bowles wanted Canales to be his offensive coordinator because he's tried to defend the Rams for many years. And it's not fun. It's not fun, and it confuses his defense. And that's what he wants in an offensive coordinator, and that's what he finally got. So that's good stuff. We have any other sound coming down the pack? Did any of the other players talk? Yeah, I'm trying to field the, uh, the the Rashad White because it looks like he spoke and some other players, but I don't think the Bucks have posted it yet. All right, let's take knowledge. a quick break. We'll come back on the other side, do a little college football. We got some sound from Alex Golish uh, from AAC Media Days. Not very long, but <laughs> but fun. Uh, Jared Verse, also the uh, you know a guy that's uh, in line for some some great hardware. Uh, as far as one of the best outside rushers, a guy that probably would have been a top 10 draft pick, decided to come back to FSU for one reason, and that's to win the ACC and win a national championship. So we'll hear from Jared Verse, and we'll hear from Mario Cristobal, <laughs> one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. So all that coming your way next here on the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by Extravaganza Productions. If you have an event coming up, big or small, they're the ones that do it all. They've had a, they have a complete warehouse full of props, have a creative session on them. It's free. Just call them up. Go to the website, extravaganzaproductions.com, and they will do a free creative session to let you know what they can do to make your event a smash hit. Extravaganzaproductions.com. Stay with us. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off 
Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. 
Welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show. We're going to dive into some college football here. We're brought to you by the great folks at the Golden Diamond Source. Of course, if you're getting engaged, who else are you going to go to? The Golden Diamond Source. Get a bigger, better diamond. You can upgrade when you want to and get 100% of what you paid with their diamond savings account. Best staff, best selection, best everything, best people. We absolutely love them. They're the Gold and Diamond Source, 3800 Omerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Um, all right, brother, let's do some college football, shall we? We'll be out at the USF uh, football golf tournament fundraiser on Friday. Hope to have uh, Coach Alex on with us. He was at the uh, AAC meetings where... Whatever that they means. Were, they were picked to finish 13th out of, behind Rice. Only ahead of Charlotte. Hey, well, you know what? I can say this for Coach expectations are low they are always a good thing in your first year no nobody's saying you got to go beat alabama hey listen the bar you talk about if he wins 50 percent more games than last year you know double your win total double your win total baby with two come on you know it's a step forward i think it's i think it's gonna be a little bit higher than that though if it's not a little higher than that then i think we have we have some issues we'll have some issues with this schedule well i'll tell you what um you know the way he's had to remake this roster, and you know install everything, you know different systems, different everything, different coaching staff. I mean, this is truly on him. Yeah. I mean, this is truly on him. If if, if they could take some take some steps forward this year, he should get uh, all of the credit. <laughs> I, I did learn. I did learn this yesterday too. Like, so everybody talks about all the players that Dion's brought in. He's like brought in like half a program essentially this offseason or more. Yeah, and more, yeah. I think Gola said yesterday they've brought in 48 new players, and I think 37 or 38 of those are on scholarship. So it's not getting talked about a lot, obviously, but there has been a lot of turnover to this roster. Via the and these, guys, these, te- these players are coming from good programs. Yeah, SEC some, of the, programs, some of these kids are coming from really good programs. programs. Yeah. yeah, it's just kind of you know the guys who can't crack the lineup there, but you come to USF, you got a chance to play easier competition and usually these guys you have a pretty good success rate and i'm hoping because again like i said yesterday it's in judging by who he brought with him to the media the media days it seems like we're running this back again it's the gary bohannon show that he's going to be your quarterback once again no go um yeah listen um i don't want to judge gary bohannon by what happened last year because Clearly, it was a mess, you know, from a coaching standpoint, from a, a organizational standpoint. They just, you know, as much as I, I love Coach Scott, he just did not get it done. And this is going to be a different different deal. So, everybody's starting fresh. Well, Gary came in with great credentials. I mean, he won freaking nine games at Baylor. Um, that's, you know, that's a pretty damn good resume. So, let's see what, what Alex can do with him. But... I haven't heard this sound, but you have, so you can set it up for us here. Yeah, so Golish goes and talks for about you know six or seven minutes, and it's all you know the typical coach speak fodder that you get for an opening statement. Nothing noteworthy. He fields two questions, both from <clears throat> the same reporter named Chris. Not sure who Chris is. Uh, the questions are very general. Again, not much really to go off of. And then he you know he takes a sip of his water and he kind of is looking around and and nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden, you hear the PR guy go, all right, we're all good. And this was what Alex Golish then walked off the press the presser with his little zinger here. And I'll cue it up here for you so you can hear it. 
you so much, Coach. Yeah, absolutely. Go Bulls. I appreciate it. Hopefully a year from now we're relevant enough that we'll have a bunch of questions. So I appreciate it. Go Bulls. <laughs> well, how many people in the media there, first of all, were from Tampa? Not many, probably. Um, and then second of all, how many people from other markets were like, who is this guy? Who? I mean, I, I don't want to go down this. Well, yeah, I do. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> can you just imagine <laughs> if they would have found a way to pay Dion? If they'd have found a way to pay Dion, and you know the thirty million that he wanted, and the thirty million for his staff, you know, I, obviously they had other priorities in terms of getting that on-campus stadium. But um, can you imagine the difference of, of this program right now? Can you imagine where where they'd be in terms of? I mean, I think it was when. When the whole thing went down that week, the Bucks were playing a, a Sunday or Monday night game. I forget what it was, but the the national um, the media was here. It was a nas- it was a national game? I think it was a Sunday night. And I'm just saying, Dion would have been on. He would have been on the set over at Raymond James Stadium, like going, "This is my house now. This is my house now. The Bucks now they play here too. Tom Brady's play here, but this is my house now." <laughs> and people would be laughing and. And he'd be getting tons of press and, you know, all the players that he'd be bringing in. He'd be pissing off FSU and yeah, pissing well, off Florida. Well, you know what? Pissing I'll, off I'll everybody make, in this I'll state. Make, I'll make my bold take of the college football season right here, right now, okay? Alex yeah. Golish will win more games in year one than Deion Sanders will in year one. So, respectfully, I'm going to, I'm going to put the Deion That's in. A- we're eight That's months, a poll question. We're That's eight, a poll question. I'm eight months removed from this ordeal going down. I have moved on. Everyone should move on. Alex Golish is your head coach of USF. And we're going to put some respect on Mr. Golesh's name, as you love to so politely put. Uh, has, men, has engineered the top offense in college football for the last two seasons. Took a quarterback named Hendon Hooker, who was a very average, dare I say, mid quarterback at Virginia Tech and turned him into a Heisman contender and a top draft pick in the NFL draft. Those are his credentials at Tennessee. How about at UCF when he engineered a top five offense in college football and Dylan Gabriel was one of the best quarterbacks in the country at that time. Go back to Iowa State. He was pumping out tight ends left and right as a tight end coach there. There are some credentials here with Mr. Alex Golish and I'm as a I'm not going to say a fan but as a USF believer and hoper that this program will turn itself around. I am fully behind Mr. Alex Golish as a head coach. I've listened to what Hendon Hooker said about him. I listened yesterday to what Joe Milton said about him, that he will become a successful head coach. I truly believe it, and so there's my prediction. Alex Golish will win more games in year one than Deion Sanders will win in year one, who Colorado has a rude awakening coming for them in the Pac-12 this season, in my opinion. I uh, wow! How's that for That's conviction, a... right there, Mr. Alex Golish? I don't care if he's <laughs> smacking gum. I don't care. <laughs> Which, by the way, the gum was out of the mouth yesterday for for those you appreciate inquiring that. minds wanted appreciate to know. That. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I want to hear what he has to say. I don't want to hear the smacking of gum. I don't think it's a good play um, from a communication standpoint. Listen, I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I think that'd be a good poll question. We need to put that out. Who wins more games next year? Because no, I do think Dion's brought in a ton of talent, but can he coach him up? Can he coach him up? We'll we'll, we'll see. Is Shadur you know, is Shadur really? That's what we're going to find out. It's all about the quarterbacks. Is Shadur his son? 
Is yeah. he really this caliber of quarterback for a Power 5 team? Well, he was he was recruited by Power 5 teams. You know, there were a lot of teams that wanted him. He was a four-star quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, so, when I see all these Heisman polls and I see Shadur Sanders written in these, these short lists, I just I have to laugh. I mean, this is still this is Colorado, okay? This is not he didn't he's it's not. A, it's ain't your daddy's Colorado though. Come on now. Okay, well we'll see. You know, listen, I all all fair to Dion and by, and off the field. Hopefully, Dion's getting better. I I've seen he's going through some of these surgeries and things. I think with his yeah. what's going on with his feet, I want to say is is the problem. Yeah, there? he's got a he's got a. Um, He's got a foot issue uh, from a, I guess, a botched surgery or something. He got yeah. he got uh, some some staph infection or something yeah. that will mess you up, and he could have to have it. Might have to have his foot amputated. So healing vibe going out to Dion for that. But but until no, then, gonna, but until then, I'm forgetting about what's going on with Dion Sanders at Colorado, yeah. and I'm focused on Alex Golish and what's because he's got a big job ahead of him. This you is know, it's he, funny. You watch the Pac-12. Uh, trailers on ESPN and, and Fox and everything. It's Fox, I think. And it's it's all for the Pac-12. It's all him. It's all Dion. The whole the, the yeah, almost it's a thirty yeah, second it's, trailer. It's like twenty five of it's Dion. It's all Dion. The, like the last place team. It's not like the in best the league. It's not like the best player in college football plays in that conference or anything. You know. I mean, yeah. You all, think it's all Dion? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's just great. By the way, where's the Pac-12 playing their games on TV this year? On Fox, right? Are they? I think so. Yeah, reluctant. Yeah, they, their media days and their their commissioner. Their commissioner was like, "Well, we didn't want to announce a media rights deal here at Media Day because we don't want it to upstage the on the field product." And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, that's that's code for we don't have a media deal, and yeah. the discussions are going awful, and we're probably gonna be playing games on the CW network next to Live Golf, and yeah, we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to have to tout that because we're embarrassed." So again, the Pac-12 talk about dying. Oh. My goodness. But anyway, if you want to actually laugh at a head coach. And you want to you want to see an answer that makes zero zero sense. Look no further than Mr. Mario Cristobal from Miami, which you know it's funny. The entire city of Miami is on fire when it comes to sports right now. And you know the oh, one that's yes, not. Yes, it's the, it's the off season yeah, for some of them. Yeah, but you know what? It's <laughs> it's funny though. The team that used to run Miami, I think you would agree, Miami was the team back in the day they were, when you they were growing were, up yeah, in Hollywood. The Canes were the the Canes were the dominant sports. Yeah. Uh, program in the marketplace, absolutely. Yeah, but now we're losing to Middle Tennessee State, putting mm. out awful players left and right. Mm. Bad, bad product, can't fill the bad, stadium. Bad. Messi's going to out. Close. Messi's going to have more people watching him in Lockhart Stadium than the Canes are going to be watching him in Hard Rock by halfway through this season because it's going to be a disaster. Truth. Truth. Tell me when I'm telling lies. But here was uh, Mario Cristobal, and speaking of Messi, here's him talking about how Messi relates to the Miami Hurricanes. You guys just lobbed me up a great NIL opportunity. I mean, if Mr. Messi, you know, takes a chance to come to Miami to continue to grow his brand, why wouldn't any player in the country not come to Miami? Come on. So thank you for that lob. You know. Okay, well, let me explain it to you, Mario Cristobal. Okay. Um, Messi's presence in Miami actually hurts your players' NIL chances because – He's getting all the attention, and this is what happens in Miami because it's a front-running uh, city. Everybody, every, and, it, and it's a celebrity city, right? Everybody's going to want to be around Messi, talk about Messi. Messi's going to dominate all the local sports. It's going to be Messi, 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 Messi. Where does that put University of Miami? Back page, especially if you're not winning. If you're yeah. not winning in Miami, nobody cares the, about the game. That's what's so, nobody. Here, here's the harsh reality for Miami right now. Here's my harsh reality. 
the not only are the Miami Heat more relevant than the Miami yep. Hurricanes, not only Panthers. are the Miami Dolphins, not yep. only are the, the Florida Panthers, Inter Miami is more relevant yep. than your program. That's right. The second Lionel Messi showed up in Miami, and if you took notice yesterday, Mr. Messi, as Cristobal loved to call him there, two goals in a span of 22 minutes from Mr. Messi. Not Killing bad. it down there. Inter Miami, the worst team in the MLS, by the way. Since yeah. Messi's come over, they have like a 5-1 to one goal differential up, and Messi has like four goal contributions. He scored three goals in like his first hour of playing with Inter Miami. <laughs> so there you go. That's talk about the Messi effect. Well, but yeah, your Hurricanes are irrelevant down there. I, I, saw, I saw one of the highlights. There was like nobody near Messi. Did they not get a scouting report? That other squad. Yeah, they, I saw both. They... I saw both the goals on Twitter, and I'm just like, yeah, he's going to score 60 goals in like three months. If this is how we're going to treat the greatest player that's ever lived, yeah. uh, you know, we're just we're just not going to mark him. We're going to let him do a nice little light jog into the box, you know, and let some like yeah. pass get through four guys and to Messi's foot, and then we're going to let him just run freely and and stay on side and and just put one in. I mean, he's going to just kill it down there. It's going to be unlike anything you've ever seen. With soccer yeah. in this country, yeah, it doesn't look a lot like European soccer, and in, in the way it looked in when he was playing there. No. So yeah, I would, uh, yeah. So yeah, if you're Miami, you've gone from relevancy number one, University of Miami, to number five. So good luck, and maybe by midseason, uh, Tom Herman and FAU have, surpa- have surpassed you. And you're insane. We'll see how it goes. Look, Cristobal has done a nice job recruiting. They've done some good things, and, and so now he's got to bring it all together. Yes, he's got to bring it all together. You know, we'll, we'll see. But I don't. I know where I know what he's thinking there. It's like, oh, Miami. It's a great place to grow your brand, but you also have to think about the competition for your brand as well. And again, when Miami's not winning, nobody cares down there. Nobody cares. They get like ten, fifteen thousand for games in Hard Rock. It's an embarrassment. So, and when you're getting your ass kicked forty-five to three by your chief rival, <coughs> go Knowles. Um, yeah, probably not. Not a, which, not a great. Yeah, a great start. speaking of the uh, the Knowles, ACC media day is going on, and Norvell is there today, so we'll have sound from that tomorrow. Which, by the way, he, he just he gets it. You know, he shows up today and he's wearing the Bobby Bowden tribute tie, so a little nice. homage to the history there. And you said you've been saying that you draw similarities to the two. Oh, no question. No question. In the way they've yeah, created a family atmosphere. Well, um, Corey Fuller, who's um, on their staff there, played obviously for Coach Bowden um, and uh, played for a national championship. I think he was on the 93 team. Um, Corey and played, you know, and have played, had a long career in the NFL as well. You know, he said that about Norvell. He said, and he said, this is, I, I get a lot of Bobby Bowden vibes from him because of the way he treats his players, the way, you know, you know, Corey's son is a baseball player, doesn't even play for him. And Mike Norvell went out of his – he told Corey that I'm going to come see one of his games this summer. Um, and he, he showed up at one of his games and, and spent some time there with the family. So he's the real deal. He's authentic. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's faith family football for him. And th- that's exactly what Coach Bowden preached his entire career. So I love it. And um, Jared Verse is one of those guys, right, uh, mm-hmm. the – he, one of those gentlemen that could have gone in the top ten of the NFL draft decided to come back because he wanted to be part of something special. He, you know, they win ten games last year, shocked everybody, including myself, and now they have a chance to to win a national championship. I think they're fourth or fifth best odds to win a national championship, depending on what you're looking at. 
So um, here's uh, Jared Verse. I believe we have some sound from him. Yeah, here's Verse, and this was him talking about the expectations on the program going into this season. I think, you know, Coach Novell said perfectly, it's Florida State. <laughs> you shouldn't expect us to be lower level, bottom of the pot. You should expect us. We should be in those conversations of playoffs, teams that are going to make it to the national championship. We got all the pieces here. We got the, the best linebackers in the country. We got the best QB in the country, the best running backs in the country, best O-line, best D-line. We got the best AD across the board, best DB, safeties, coaches. Like, this is a conversation that we should have been having. But now we're here. Everybody's kind of seeing it. Everybody's finally giving us the attention, the respect we deserve. And we just got to go out there and prove that we earn it. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about the lofty expectations. I'm a little concerned that these guys are reading their press clippings and uh, they open up with LSU, who many have picked to win the national championship and the SEC championship over Alabama and Georgia. So, yeah, um, we'll we'll see. I just hope these guys don't get full of themselves. I've seen that happen before, speaking of Miami – and speaking of Dion, 1988. Yeah, it's like I'm. I'm almost like Seminole rap, 31 nothing Miami. Right. It's almost like with Florida State right now. I'm like trying to. I look at the roster and I'm looking at it objectively. And we look at the roster. You look at the returning talent. It seems so obvious that you have to put them in that conversation as a true national championship contender. I mean, clearly when you look at the schedule as well, you have two games in there that you have to win. LSU to start the season, and then of course Clemson. You have. Regardless of what you feel about Clemson, they've had FSU's number for the past six, seven years. If they're gonna, yeah. they have to get over that hump. This has to be the year they take down Clemson. And Clemson, on paper, looks like they're a lot better this year than they were last year. Dabo's not going anywhere. That program is going to be here for a long, long time. We know that. But it's so when I say that, it's like I'm almost like holding on a little bit. Like, like if I was to predict a Final Four right now for a college football national play for a playoff, I'm probably not going to put Florida State in there. Because mm-hmm. there's like that little bit, I don't know if you feel the same way, there's that little bit of doubt that still is like creeping into like the back of my mind. It's not in the front of my mind, but I'm still thinking about it like, okay, well, what if like, you know, because last year everything went right for that stretch and all that, you know, now they're, you, like, like as you just mentioned, maybe they're reading the press clippings, you heard Jared Verse, I mean, I love the confidence, don't get me wrong. And I feel like if you're going to play for Florida State in one of these big programs, you need guys like that that are confident that, hey, we're, we're Florida yep. State and we're coming. Like, I appreciate that, but you don't want to be overconfident by any means. you got to be realistic at some point. So there's that little bit of doubt in my mind that what if they just go 10-3 and three again? And I think 10-3 and three would be great, right? If they yes, finish the season 10-3, and three, we should be, like, over the moon. Well, but, we the way, but the way things have been set up, it's like yeah. if, they don't go, if they don't finish the regular season 11-1, and one, like, we're probably yeah. going, oh, man, they kind of underachieved a little bit. And that's, that's the part of that sucks about the whole thing. I think, you know, the LSU game is huge. There's no question. It's just a game momentum. Um, like I said last year, I thought it was it was the most important game, and they won it, although they almost gave, gave it away. Norvell did not manage that game very well. No. And he's got to be better at that this year. He's got to be better at managing games. He, he And he admitted that. He admitted he made some mistakes. So hopefully he's learned and um, you know self-scouted himself. But they could lose – if they play well against LSU and lose that game – um, as long as they run the table and win the ACC and beat Clemson, um, they'll beat be right Miami there. and Florida. Yeah, then they'll they'll, they'll, they'll be in a playoff. Uh, yeah, no question about it. no question in my mind. Um, but they'd have to yeah they'd have to win the ACC championship as well. 
to do to do so. So regardless, we'll see. regardless, I mean, I know as somebody who went to Florida State and has been through all the glory years, it has to just feel in general like you start the oh, season yes. huge game wow. against LSU in Orlando. I know it's a stadium that we are not really fond of, but we're going to be there. It's going to be awesome. We know that. This is what you want. There were four years, five years there where it was dormant, where you just didn't get these these experiences and. And all these things, this lead up to a season where you're like, wow, we have a chance to win a national championship potentially. It's better for college football as far as I'm concerned. And I still hope that eventually we can get back to having Florida State, Florida, and Miami in that conversation. Because I think that I think college football could use it. Yeah, and I, I think that's on the way. I think that's on the way. I think Miami has the, the right coach in Cristobal, as, as silly as that statement was. Uh, I think Napier is the guy in Florida because he understands it's about recruiting. And, you know, how, how can you question? Yeah, I, like, think, I think regardless, all three coaches in different ways understand the expectations of the yes. program. And obviously Napier coming from the outside, Norvell coming from the outside, are embracing what they used to be and trying to learn from that and get back to that. And then Cristobal, clearly, I can't think of a better guy to run that program of somebody who truly gets Miami. So, again, we can laugh at the soundbite and some of the things, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's not a good head coach. If I'm, if I'm ranking top coaches in college football, he's oh, probably no, I, in the top 15 at, no, the, at I, the worst. He's the guy for Miami. He's the best coach they've hired since, oh, I don't know what. Um, I, thought since Mark, I thought since Mark Rick. Mark Rick, I thought Mark, worked. Mark did a great job. I thought yeah, it worked. Mark did a great job. Yeah, I mean, you win in 10 games a year. and Mark, Mark will always be criticized for winning 10 games a year, but he couldn't get over the hump. At Georgia or Miami, um, uh, and and by the way, prayers out to him, and hopefully his he continues to uh, be able to. You know, I thought he was great last year on the ACC shows. He really adds a light touch to it, um, and you know he's got some definitely has some health issues and dealing with Parkinson's. But hopefully, you know he can he can continue to to uh, be on the ACC network. I enjoy enjoy him very much. Um, and speaking of the ACC, I wanted to talk a little bit about this. Um, the Times had an article today about uh, the ACC in general trying to, you know, keep Miami and Clemson and FSU within the league. Um, their new uh, eight, um, commissioner, Jim Phillips, um, posed a question Tuesday morning about additional revenue. And he, he talked about, you know, trying to make it look, FSU's 30, 30 million and all ACC teams, 30 million less per season than the ACC and the Big Ten. That's that's a big that's a big chunk. That's about in terms of payouts. I think that's about twenty five percent less, twenty five to thirty percent less. That's you know, that's a game changer. Um, we talk about annual revenues, uh, but Phillips suggested the ACC can meet that threshold for success in other ways. He says um, uh, some of the ACC's power programs spent the offseason grumbling about money. So much of that, uh, one of the FSU trustees asked if it was financially feasible for the Seminoles to leave the league. Athletic Director Michael Alford showed a $30 million annual gap between FSU and the uh, SEC and Big Ten. Phillips said the league and its schools are working together to close the gap with solutions, such as an eight-point plan with marketing group Fishbait Solutions to create new revenue. Now, I don't know what that is. Is that um, I'm, I'm sure that's uh, internet level you know type of maybe instagram and, and social media and people people can make a lot of money on these platforms and maybe they can create some platforms where these players can make lots of money or the the, the institutions can make lots of money um there's there's definitely revenue available for that no no question about it 
um, being completely motivated together with ESPN to create additional dollars. Not sure what that means, but it certainly would help. And he said, weighing future payouts more towards schools that perform better in revenue sports. Yeah. So how about, you know, the FS, this is what FSU's problem has always been, and their complaint is, you know, we're bringing all the eyeballs to the league, us, Clemson, and Miami, and the rest of you guys are getting as much money as us. So you don't spend as much money, and you get more. They're like, you know, like we're the Yankees, and you guys are the Rays. You know, how about we should be making more money, and I think that's fair. And somehow they're going to have to address that, or I think FSU, Clemson, and Miami are going to be gone. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, we'll take a, our final break, uh, and we'll come back with a couple more. Uh, uh, i, I got to get into this. Have you heard about the Taylor Swift, uh, Travis Kelsey wooing? Well, we're going to hear from uh, Travis Kelsey do we, himself. Do we have more? Are you telling me that we have more TMZ fodder to get to Yes, get man. I can't wait for you to hear this. This is great stuff. Travis Kelsey groveling over Taylor Swift. Good stuff. Uh, and a couple other gems for you, so stay with us here. We're brought to you by the great folks at American Mortgage Services. Uh, Scott Fitzgerald is the best in the business. He will get you a mortgage. He will get you a refi with the lowest fees, I promise you. Just email him, scott at amstampa.com, that amstampa.com. They have, uh, will not only do that for you, he will look at your entire financial picture and tell you when it's a good time to refi, where to spend that money, and how to best lower your payments across the board. He's a genius at that, and he can help you with any real estate investment that you would like as well. So hit him up, scott at amstampa.com. Back in three. Don't feel like you had the vitality you once had. It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly. 
made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at the Golden Diamond Source, Italiano Insurance, Extravaganza Productions, American Mortgage Services, and of course the Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. If you missed Chris Lugo, who was on with us yesterday, talking about hydration and how you guys can work out in the heat and still stay hydrated, check that out from yesterday's show. It was in the 11:45 segment. He also talked about uh, these athletes like Bronny James. Uh, So many of them having cardiac arrests, and obviously this is something that hasn't been happening, at least in my lifetime, covering sports. So clearly there's there's issues going on here, and um, check that out yesterday. It was a very interesting conversation. All right, got to get to a couple more things, and let's talk money. Before we talk about these pedestrian, just, you know, measly uh, NBA contracts and NFL contracts, can you, Nick Geddes, tell me how 
you can offer a player $770 million for a year in soccer as the Saudis have done to Mbappe. Like, how does this work? Are you ready for the answer? Yeah. Because. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm searching for something a little bit more. Because they can. Yeah, because they can. <laughs> There's not really much more to it. Because they can. They're, they're sports washing, as you have always mentioned. That's what they're doing. Um, but they're pissing people off. Now they're pissing people off. Like, how is this helping them become globally more accepted? I don't, I don't get it. I, I couldn't tell you the strategy. I just know the money being thrown around is absolutely insane. The idea that I don't care who you are, even if Messi was getting $776 million, They offered Messi $1 billion for a whole year to play. And he turned that wow. down because quality of life, his family didn't want to go there, and came to MLS instead. And to think about how much money he left on the table. But you're at Lionel Messi, you don't need it. Not that Mbappe needs it either, but if you're, it's, if you're killing Mbappe, it's a smart move. You get your money for a year, they'll let you go as a free agent at the end, and you go to Real Madrid, you get what you want, and you're $776 million uh, you know, richer. You go, go buy your own. Soccer team at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think you are bigger than the club then, I'd argue, at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, exactly. But, yeah, are. that's that's the reasoning. There's really nothing more to it. I mean, it's not just Mbappe, and I won't bore you with the names of players, but just know that the, the Saudi league, they're not taking in – they're not just taking in the guys who are over the hill, right? They're, it's not just 38, 39-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo that's in that league anymore. It's some guys who are in their prime – and have but a they're lot playing for play. teams. They're going to play for teams that nobody cares about and aren't even on TV. I just, right. It's, it's so as a soccer ball, fan, it sucks. Pretty ridiculous. All right, the Giants have uh, signed an extension for Andrew Thomas, who was in the same class as Tristan Wirfs, I believe. Right. Yep. Um, One hundred and seventeen million dollar extension for five years, sixty-seven million guaranteed. That is a record for an offensive lineman. Wow. It and. Um, Tristan Wirfs is going to get all that and more. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs, and I saw it with the Laramie Tunsil contract. I saw it with this. Even Titus Howard, who's not even an elite tackle in this game, just got like $20 million per. The numbers yeah. are going crazy. I think Tristan Wirfs probably is going to outdo all of them, assuming he's the same as he was at left tackle that he was at right tackle. And, and by the yeah. way, on the, the point about Wirfs, can I get a fair ranking system for any anytime we're ranking players? Can we get a fair system? Because I just saw you see the top 100 that's going on, and Tristan Wirfs was ranked the yeah. 98th player in the NFL. It's point the that's 98th player. That's stupid. Yeah. Is what the player said. Yeah. Dumb. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. And and Justin yeah. Fields is a better player than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. <sighs> These lists in general, I pay no attention to. They, they just are, they're, they're clickbait. They're just stupid. I, I pay no attention to it. I know, but it's just these are the players voting on this, man. Yeah, I, I pay no attention to Ugh. it. Um, Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes just cashed in. He gets an eight-year, $78 million extension, $9.75 million deal. per year. That's a fat contract. Yeah, I was more interested in the one. We didn't mention it yesterday. This has more of an effect on the Lightning. Patrice Bergeron deciding to retire. Yeah, how about that? I tell you what. The Atlantic got weaker. The Bruins, the Bruins might not make the playoffs next year. If you go look at oh, their, if, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. You go look at their their lineup. It's 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 a uh, Marshan, Pasternak, and a bunch of meh around them because they traded Taylor Holloway. Remember that? Now you lose mm-hmm. uh, Bergeron. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
All right, so let's let's play the Travis Kelsey audio. So here's the thing: Travis Kelsey wants to date Taylor Swift. So he thought it would be a good idea, you know, to get go to the meet and greet uh, before he, she did her, I guess, her Kansas City um, uh, tour stop. And you know, he was gonna, you know, he wanted to go in there and meet and greet and give her a friendship bracelet with his number on it. <laughs> a friendship bracelet. Classic man. Shoot your shot, this brother. Some fifth grade. And he, this is some fifth grade BS right oh, here. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, she's gonna make a song out of this. Let's uh, and uh, Kelsey talked about it on his podcast. Let's let's play this. Speaking of Taylor Swift, I know you went to the Taylor Swift concert. How was it? Yeah, well, I was disappointed that she doesn't talk before or after her shows because she has to save her voice for the 44 songs that she sings so i was a little butthurt i didn't get to hand her one of the bracelets i made for her you made her a bracelet yeah if you're up on uh, taylor swift concerts there are friendship bracelets and i received a bunch of them being there but i wanted to give taylor swift one with my number on it now right now your number's in 87 or your phone number you know which one <laughs> She doesn't meet anybody, or at least she didn't want to meet me, so I took it personal. She probably just hasn't gotten over the Super Bowl yet. She's a big Eagles fan. Maybe she just made something up and just didn't want to talk to you. Damn it. <laughs> Shoot your shot, big guy. I mean, there's all these, who wouldn't want to date Taylor Swift? Let's be honest. There's all these rumors. You saw like the rumor that Austin Reeves was dating her, and he was like, I've never, ever had a conversation with this girl in my life. I don't know where, but it, it went like wildfire. <laughs> Everybody thought Austin Reeves was dating Taylor Swift. Like, would you want to, though, if you're Travis Kelsey? Is that really? I thought Calvin, I, I guess not. I don't keep up with these guys' personal lives, but I thought Travis Kelsey was dating somebody. I guess not. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore after that podcast. He's I guess not. not. So what are we matchmaking here? We got Tom and, and Irina Scheich. We 